So are are you are you the um the director of this one? We haven't kind of hashed out what our roles are going to be necessarily. Are you in charge kind of calling the shots this time around and I'm just kind of sitting back in the cut making jokes? It sounds nice. It sounds yeah. like that's something I could embrace and sort mm-hmm. of own. Yeah. But I will say this. I yeah. don't know if I'm up for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just be, being totally honest about my skill set and sort of my where I'm coming from, sense of humor wise, I think yeah. my job is to kind of bounce off of your yeah. uh, annoying pedantry. And okay, yeah. your job is to be like the dork, like, annoying let's, pedant- hey, the, people, the let's keep this moving along. Helpfully gives you things to bounce off. Yeah. Okay, so we got it's our cards. It's a symbiotic on the table. relationship, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I would call it a parasitic relationship, but uh, you know, symbiotic. I guess that's a form of symbiotic. You need something to keep you going, or else. Well, no, you, that's that's false. You actually need something to stop you up. I think <laughs> you need someone to kind of interrupt your flow every now and then, or else you would just fucking off to the races. Did you listen to the uh, podcast I was on where I talked with a fellow REM fan for two and a half hours about the discography Jack, do you of think REM? I listened to you talk about REM <laughs> no, for two and a half hours? I don't think you did. But we never knocked each other off at all. We just sat back quietly while the other person <laughs> held forth about REM. It was really nice. <laughs> I love I love Matthew Perpetua. I think he's a great guy, but I am just absolutely never going to listen to that podcast, and I apologize <laughs> to both of you for that. But Please do listen to my episode of REM on FluxPod. It's a fantastic conversation, and it was good. Um, and even if Tanner won't, especially if Tanner won't, it was really good. Jack, this is the first episode of a yes. new podcast that we're doing, and you're already plugging other fucking yeah. shit you're working on. Yeah, so no, 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 it's a new podcast. I am the prize here. We are two show. men. Yeah, one British, one American. Wow, wow, yes. Finding one another in this yeah. crazy world is and it going to work? I don't know. Yeah, we'll just have to find out. You know. We're- Getting in touch with our true, authentic selves. Yeah. I'm learning a lot about myself. Yeah. Were all those jerk-off sessions <laughs> with my high school best friend? That's from the book. Did that mean anything? That's from the book, I think. I don't know. Okay. You know? Listen, it's a um, it's a show. It's called... The show, the show currently, I think, is... The, no, often we'll do a new show. But we don't change the name. We don't. But this time we're changing the name. We're because this is a real pivot. Um, it's called the show's called Strange Bedfellows. That's the name of the yes. podcast currently. Yes, because yes. we're kind of strange, and we're, we're fellows. strange, and we're fellows, we? and also yeah. we're in bed with yeah. an entire genre, yeah, of literature yes. called the romance genre, called romance, a genre that you and I are not well versed in, acquainted with. No. It's new to um, us. But both of us are... Well, let's give a little background, because yeah. I'm assuming that 99.99999% of our current listeners on this first episode, pilot episode... Yeah. Well, it's not really the pilot. We did do a pilot. Yeah. But on this inaugural episode, yeah, our listeners from our last podcast that we did together. Yeah. So they probably know who we are, but f- yes. in the off chance that we and have managed to rope in some romance heads... Yeah. 
let's introduce ourselves and sort of explain our our background and how we came to this concept and what our relation is specifically with regard to our spouses okay and how and how they consume this literary genre okay all right why don't i start I, that's that a lot a, of steps a you, you have it. yeah that's yeah. a lot i'm trying to keep it all in my head yeah. i'm a bedfellow my name is jack alexander shepherd yeah and uh i'm british by birth uh even if not by accent accent he's Jack, if you don't know Jack, what you need to know about him is that he is British. He lived in England until he was an adolescent. He had he came to America and had to train himself out of his British accent. Yeah. But if you ever are lucky enough to hear him speak to his mother, father, cat, <coughs> or brother, yeah, he will slip back into his British accent. Yeah, and only and the a lot one of people cat. accuse him of of it sounding fake, fake which it probably yeah. does at this point because you know it's been a while. And that's stained. And what else? What were the other things I was supposed to say? How did I discover? So um, I, I'm an English literature major. So yeah. I've read a lot of back what, before it was called romance, but where it was just like they had a happy ending. Sure, we're talking Jane uh, Austen, Midsummer's Night Dream. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not it. Um, I'm thinking of Jane Austen. Jane I'm thinking Austen, of the Brontes. I'm thinking of um, George Eliot. I'm thinking of the Tom Jones has, has you know, it's a romance ultimately. Henry Fielding. Henry Fielding. No, yeah. forget it. And Dancing baby. My first experience with a modern romance, apart from um, opening like Maeve Binchy books to look for the sex parts. Right, yeah. <laughs> was the governess game, which we read. My, my, um, my introduction to sex books was The Joy of Sex, which I read yeah. uh, sort of from a distance on the library bookshelf. Like, <laughs> I, I ma- maneuvered in such a way that if someone came across me looking at The Joy of Sex on the library bookshelf, yeah. it was conceivable that the book somehow just fell off of the shelf <laughs> yeah. and had landed on like a lower shelf or the floor. And I was just sort of being like, oh, what's this? Yeah. You know? I found it so, in my basement. The Joy my, of Sex. In my parents' basement. Yeah. The Joy of yeah. Sex. Yeah. That's something to think about, huh? It's something to think about. It's not romance. I mean, I don't want to say Well, that. there's lots of sex yeah. in romance. Yes. There's, there's, I've read- yeah. I've read two romance books now. Yeah. Um, un- unless you're counting Jane Eyre. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think we're going to be able to... We're, I'm going to throw occasionally slip in a sneaky um, romantic novel from the past. Okay. I've read two I've read two, two romance novels now, and they're both full of porking. Yeah, and there's a lot of porking, and that's something I think we're going to try to do is... Um, uh, Excuse me? You know... Okay, no. Okay, let me take another run at that. Even though this podcast has an explicit rating and yeah. will continue to because we swear like sailors. We can't help ourselves. We're we're products of the 90s. You know? We're going to try to really sanitize this. I went to uh, uh, St. Andrews University, and this is not just me Jesus. hawking my credentials. There's yeah. a reason that I'm saying this. What, did you uh, get a master's degree? Well, yes. Yeah. But In what? Listen. Literature? Yeah, and it, it's yeah. English. Yeah. Thank you. But the reason I mentioned that is that I um, – share an alma mater with uh, one of the famous uh, literary lights of the last, I'm going to say, 500 years. Okay, that's a pretty big target. And uh, it's a man named Baudler. 
graduated from my university. And are you familiar with him? No. Uh, do you, are you familiar with the term bowdlerizing? No. Is it Baldur's Gate? Because I know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Baldur's Gate. Okay. Um, Bowdler is famous for um, taking Shakespeare and taking all the dirty parts out of it and yes, doing a version that of it that is no admirable. Dirty parts. What yeah. a <laughs> what a mission. Yeah, and so we're going to try to do that a little bit so people can enjoy these romances at the dinner table. Well, we should say, and I will introduce myself in a moment, but we should say that (laughs) Jack and I are two um, sort of repressed. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Midwestern. Jack is British. And that, I think, has sort of... That's going to really shine through here. We're going to steer so... Nobody uh, needs to worry. Afraid of sex, but not so afraid of sex that we've never done it. Both of us are fathers. Yeah. Um, But, you know, just... Sort of ished out by just talking about just it. Just in general. Yeah. Yeah. So that poses a real challenge for us, mm-hmm. uh, approaching the, the literary genre. Because there's a lot romance. of bonking in these books. I didn't so quite realize bonking. it before so I dove porking. into it. Yeah. There's just so yeah. much porking and fucking. Yeah. And a lot of sucking in this one. A lot of sucking in this yeah. one. Yep. Um, my name is Tanner Greenring. <laughs> I... Uh, I'm a seasoned podcaster. I, for the last, I would say, six years, have been doing a podcast called The Babysitter's Club Club. It was about the Babysitter's Club books. Yeah. We read, uh, sorry, my, my co host and I read every single Babysitter's Club book that, and that was me, ever existed. And my co host was Jack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we ran out of books and we're like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. So we started just reading books about babysitting, <laughs> read a book called The Governess Game. Yeah. Loved it. Because it's governesses, right? And it's, and it's babysitting. Yep. And decided, here's what we need to do, is we need to invade a space that's not for us. <laughs> Perfect. And make it our own. Yeah. <laughs> in true, straight white man fashion. Perfect. You know? Get in there, explore yeah. the space, see how much of a, a ruckus we can uh, Sp- fully, kick up. Fully man spread. Yeah. <laughs> So now we're here in the romance yeah. space, and that's why we're strange bedfellows, because Jack and I have yeah. not read romance books. We mm-hmm. are yucked out by sex. Yeah. Um, but here we are. And here we are sharing a bed with the, the entire literary genre that is romance. And we loved it. So um, I should say also that my wife was the former romance book reviewer of the New York Times. And I should so say that I've Tanner's wife in. is not dead, because I feel like people are going to think from how you've said that, that she's deceased. And she's not deceased. She just doesn't, she doesn't do that job anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's writing yeah. a book about aliens now. Aliens? So, aliens. So she doesn't have time to do romance books. Like from anymore. Ridley Scott? Mm. Wow. I think Ridley Scott is in there somewhere in her book. That's cool. I didn't know that. I can, Don't tell Jamie this. Please don't tell Jamie this. Okay. Somebody, I was talking to somebody. I can't she doesn't remember who listen, it was. So it's fine. Good. I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, oh, like Jamie's writing a book. Like, do you know what it's about? Who I was could like, you yeah. possibly have been talking Maybe to Maybe it was my wife. wife. I don't yeah. know. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> my memory is not what it used to be. Uh, and I was like, oh, I think she's writing a book about natural history museums. No, she at one point had a pitch out about a book about living history museums. Okay. All right. So like, that's uh, not crazy. Claudia that's not Williamsburg. crazy. Okay. So yeah. I do know Jamie super well. I just it's, She's writing a book about ancient aliens, and you can get it at a- um, Ancient aliens. You can get yeah. it at any bookstore. It'll yeah. be on History Channel. That guy with the big hair will probably be talking <laughs> about it. We got to say what we're doing here, folks. We're, we read a book this week, and it's called um, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Yep. 
It's about a British man yeah. and an, and American, an American man, man. finding one who who hate one another. Not, but not really. But not really, because the, they're actually secretly in love with one another, and then they do some mouth stuff. Yeah. So normally when we read a book together, uh, what we like to do is describe the book, don't we? Yep. And I think we've decided that we're not going to, like, massively spoil these books, but we might, you know, we're going to talk about them, so we'll probably kind of spoil them, for yeah, sure. Yeah, go read the book. But... Historically, I guess you just describe the whole book and I sit back and and listen to it, right? Technically, historically? Yeah. Technically, historically, you describe the whole book and I sit back and listen? Yeah. That's how we did it for a number of episodes at the start of our last podcast. We So look. Babysitter's Club Club. And then you somehow managed to trick me into doing it every other week? Yeah, because it's a fucking pain in the butt. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know. So I don't know. But here we are, fresh start. Tabula Rasa. This is a crossroads for us. We, when we started our Babysitters Club Club podcast, we got advice from a producer yeah. that we shouldn't do the thing where we like meander through, describe the, plot the, of the book. book throughout the course yeah. of the episode, and that was the beginning of I think what has been a fairly useful segment where we just describe the book and then kind of laser in on the stuff we want to do. Yeah, we usually take about sixty seconds to just describe the book. Just to get it out of the way, to get it behind us. We don't do that on our Patreon show. Yeah, we do. So that is where we just sit and meander and talk about the plot of the book throughout. And yeah. it's pretty popular. And you could subscribe too, new listeners. Patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. If you want to hear us talk about young reader novels. I love that we're assuming how many new listeners we have. <laughs> <laughs> um. But we got to describe this one. So I yeah. don't, I, you know, I, I, I want to be, I want to be like this, this novel, which I really loved. So I'm now two for two, having read modern romance novels. I love Governess Game and I loved Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey yeah. McQuiston. Yes. Um, they're both, they, they have a lot in common um, in that they're funny as hell. Yeah, they're fun, they're funny. And charming. And Snappy. Sweet. Page turners. Um, and then the, sometimes there's porking in it. And sometimes there's porking. Yeah. And that'll get you going, huh? Yeah. Um, I think for this one, maybe not in the description, but we'll just try to stick to the politics. You just you just want to talk about the politics. I think so, because porking makes me uncomfortable. Right. Um, me too. But, but in the description of the book, which I've decided you're going to do. Talking about uh, politics also makes me uncomfortable, though. Yeah. And it's also a bad thing to do on a podcast, because you yeah. alienate. 50% of, of your potential yeah. audience. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So should we not – let's not talk about porking or the politics. Okay. That's perfect. Which the, leaves – I guess sort of the, the monarchy. They, the monarchy I think is You're probably sort of a hot-button issue that I don't think that we should touch. You don't want touch. to touch it. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, they talk a lot about Star Wars in this. That's like kind of uh, between the two protagonists who fall in love with each other. Star Wars is like a shared passion. So we could maybe stick to the Star Wars. Okay. That's a place where I'm, I have a lot of comfort. That's so. where I'm most comfortable. I want you to describe this novel, I think. Okay. Why don't we, just for this one, and we can kind of hone in on this. There's no hard and fast rules, but... You describe this novel in the amount of time it takes you to um, commit the act of love. Okay. Well, <laughs> clear your <laughs> schedule, buddy. <laughs> okay. I'm on that sting shit. 
We're talking like over a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you 90 seconds. Yeah. And during those 90 seconds, you just say what happens in this book, and then we can kind of dive into the stuff that we like. Okay. Um, how's that sound? Good. I'm trying to remember character names. I'm not something new listeners something you will quickly discover about me is that i'm not good with character names but yeah. alex and henry them. alex henry june, june other sister. nora nora no nora's the vice president's daughter this is bad yeah this is bad audio we're just saying names yeah S- scrub that okay i'm gonna put 90 seconds on this uh extremely romantic throbbing clock that i happen mm-hmm. to have here Mm-hmm. And during those 90 seconds, why don't you just tell me what happens in this novel? Okay. Okay, go. Alex is the first son. His mother is the president of the United States. First female president. They're from Texas, which is where Jack lives. And they are doing good. They're doing a good job being okay, president. Okay, this is a terrible start. And he's got two sisters, and they call themselves like the fun bunch or something. Yeah. He had a magazine when he was 12 that he stole from his sister, like a team beat kind of thing. And there was a boy in that magazine called Prince Henry. He's the Prince of England. And he liked to touch his face and hair. And one time he was at the Olympics and he saw Henry and he approached him and said, hey, what's up, nards? And Henry was like, get this boy away from me. So he's like, well, fuck this guy. I hate him. And then he met him at a party of some sort, maybe the royal wedding can't remember and they did a kiss they did a big kiss and alex realized that he was not a a heterosexual man what he was was a bisexual man and that he liked kissing henry so they keep kissing and it's secretive because the the prince of england can't be kissing a american uh politician son of a politician and then uh, eventually it gets leaked to the press and they have to figure out who did it. And it turns out that it was. Uh, and time. Yeah. Um, terrible. Fine. fine. I think fine. I got the, the important plot points out. You disagree? Where did I miss? This novel at its core is a metaphor for post-war Anglo-American relations. Okay. Don't you think? Expand upon that. What do you... Well, no, I see I see where you're going. Yeah. I see the path, but I haven't yeah. taken a step on the path yet, and I need someone to come and hold my hand and take me. Have take you me ever there. noticed how every president in our lifetime and every prime minister in our lifetime describes whatever it is that's going on between the UK and the US as a special relationship? Yeah, we're like um, we're like the UK's kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's a different kind of relationship. We wouldn't I think be that... here without the UK. <laughs> for better or for worse. I think it's a different kind of relationship, and it's one that is dramatized very interestingly by this novel, which is about the first son of the United States and the first son. Well, I guess he's the second son. Yeah, he's um, he's the, the younger prince. He's the United prince, um, Kingdom, the prince kissing Harry. and canoodling and doing it. And they kiss, they canoodle, they do it. Yeah, they fall in love. 
They send each other saucy emails. They don't get married. This isn't Shakespeare, but they do. It, it there is sort of an implication at the end of the book that they they will be together. That they're for forever time. lovers. Yeah. To use the um, the phrase popularized by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney in the song "The Girl Is Mine." Yeah. But she told me she was my forever lover. Yeah, I've heard it all before, Mike. She told me that I'm her forever lover. You know? Don't you remember? One. That song is a good analog to this because yeah. it's about sort of a British man and an American man sort of yeah yeah no definitely their sexuality yeah. So what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? How do you want to dive into this text for people? Let's say that we loved it because it was great. <laughs> it was great. It was a good book. I liked it a lot. It's yeah. snappy. It's fun. You can read it really quickly. There's not a ton of graphic sex scenes in it. And if you're looking for that, maybe find another book. Uh, but if you if you're afraid of sex, then this yeah. might be the book for you because all there is is some like um, they sort of uh, the author sort of um, skirts around some blowjob scenes. Well, there's some naughtiness in it, and we do have a segment that we like to do, you and I, where we um, take the sex scenes that do exist in a novel, and um, for folks, just for folks. Look, we, we're very sex positive on this podcast. Yeah, we're sex positive. We encourage you to have sex, and we encourage yeah. you to have sex with whomever yeah. you like. Whenever. And whenever, and we celebrate that, and we're we're happy that you're doing that. Yeah. But, as I mentioned before, we're repressed Midwestern yeah. and, and British boys, and sex right. is not something that we talk about openly. We're very uncomfortable talking about it. I'm extremely uncomfortable having this conversation. You and I have had over... 300 conversations yeah on mic and i think we were pretty intentional in choosing babysitters club because there was uh zero yeah no chance chance that we would ever have to talk about yeah sex and now we're now we're basically dr ruth over here yeah yeah (laughs) um but so we're gonna find ways that works for us to talk about it and this is a segment that um we introduced uh when we talked about the governor's games that i think uh, made us more comfortable in this space and i think it's gonna create space for us to talk about the sex scenes without scandalizing anybody who might be scandalized and it's yeah. called two prude dudes two prude dudes and a lot of people who were fans yeah. of our last podcast just wanted this podcast to be called yeah two prude dudes but uh that unfortunately is not the case it's called the strange pet fellows so here's what i think we want to do is um we're going to take some of this uh the parts where the um gentlemen the are gentlemen porking are porking yes thank you and describe it but describe Sanitize it in a way it. that is easy to digest whoever you are or however comfortable you are talking about the act of to use a technical term, porking each other. Porking, yep. Um, Did you catch some passages? Let's start with this one. Okay. So I think the way that we do this is I'll read it out, and if you ever get to a place where you think it's gone a little bit too far, we'll find a way to kind of paper over it it and and pull it back and and make it work for everybody. Okay. Uh, this is um. They, so they go to Wimbledon. Um, Al, it's, it's such a good premise. This is novel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like at first they hate each other and they get in a fight. Like in the first pages of the book, they get in a big fight because they like 
they're rivals. Like they're both yeah. the like adored celebrity prince of their country, basically. And then that rivalry turns into something more. Well, let's let's flesh that out a little bit. They yeah. go to the royal wedding and uh, they're sort of having a terse conversation with one another. And through some sh- sheer bad luck, they fall in a cake. Alex, the American boy, yeah. stumbles into Henry, the British boy, and they destroy the wedding cake. Yeah. And therefore need to um, be chummy with one another. So they are forced by their respective PR teams yep. Yep. To, to pretend to be friends. and They've been best friends for years. Yeah. <laughs> is what we're led to believe. Um, so this is when they're, uh, quote-unquote, pretending to be friends at Wimbledon. And they're not paying attention to the tennis. Well, yeah. Um, and they go, I guess, I don't know. Where do they go? They go to some, like, tennis locker. They go to a tennis locker. Or something. Yeah. And so just help me kind of gently rewrite this. This is notes for Casey McQuiston. And Casey, we love your novel. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be many more editions of it because it was so good. And maybe in the next one, you can put some of this constructive feedback into it. Who's the St. Andrews guy? Bowdler. Yeah. Consider us your Bowdler. (laughs) Which is a huge compliment because that means you're Shakespeare. You're Shakespeare. We're Bowdler. You can't have one without the other. Right. <laughs> so just consider yeah. you're welcome to keep printing editions of this horny version, but yeah. just consider a PG-13 version. In the 18th century, people fucking loved the Bowdlerized versions of Shakespeare. They yeah. loved it. They yeah. lapped them up. It's, an, it's a way to have a whole other fucking revenue stream. You know what I think when I think Shakespeare? Yeah. Sexy. Yes, too sexy so is what I think. Sex too sexy. <laughs> yeah, in those plays. Yeah, you and Bowdler had the same reaction. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Okay, do you know what I want? Uh, he says, and I think that's gonna be that's fine. Henry. Yeah, that seems fine. That's nothing. Expo- do you know what I want? There. He says, his voice is so low and hot that it burns right through Alex's solar plexus. Jesus. Right into the core of it. Is that Is okay? That that's like X-Men shit. Is that literal? That's fine. Yeah, that's, let's take that as that's literal. That's Cyclops shit. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. What? I want, he says, to do the absolute last thing I'm supposed to be doing right now. Tax fraud. <laughs> it's Wimbledon. Oh. So, clapping loudly. Yeah, that's pretty impolite. <laughs> or like yeah. throwing an extra tennis ball on the court <laughs> and yelling like bonus ball. <laughs> yeah. You know? That is literally you the probably last get thing. kicked out for that, yeah. right? <laughs> bonus ball. Just <laughs> start fucking balls in. <laughs> okay. Alex juts out his chin, grittingly defiant. Then tell me to do it, sweetheart. That's fine. Fine. That's nice. That's loving. That's you and I caring. Have pet names for one another. Okay, and now so this is going to be. I'm interested in your take on whether we can say this. Okay. And Henry, tonguing the corner of his own mouth, tugs hard to undo Alex's belt. My question to you: He's tonguing the corner. <laughs> Tanner's tonguing the corner of his own mouth right now. It seems broadly fine. That, but is let it? me ask you. Let me ask you this. Yeah. And clear your head for a second. Don't yeah. think about any of the context. Okay. Just tell me if this arouses you in any way. Okay. 
No, it doesn't. He's tugging okay. the corner no, of his mouth. I think mouth. it's fine. It I seems fine. fine. Yeah. I didn't like. I didn't love watching it. Yeah. But it didn't arouse me in any way, and it seemed broadly fine. It seemed like you had. I don't know, like you fucking ate a big ice cream and you were getting the rest of it off of the corners yeah, of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, the, so the, we're going to leave fine. that. That's fine. Yep. Tugs hard to undo Alex's belt. Is that okay? I think context is important here and I don't have any yet. So we yeah, might so need to circle back to this, but so far it's fine. And says... Fuck me. No, Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that actually went, and I shouldn't have said that, because I was reading ahead, and it was a mistake. That's not okay in this context for us, for the so he, Let me get this straight. Yeah. Henry said, Henry tugs on Alex's belt and says... Uh, he's tonguing the corner of his own mouth, because he's had a big ice cream, yeah. and he's getting the rest of it. They sell this at Wimbledon. And while he's doing it, he's absolutely... Yeah, they sell them at Wimbledon. And he, while he's doing, he's absently tugging on Alex's belt, which you yeah. would if you were distracted trying to tug the ice cream off the edge of your your lips. Your you hands might just start wandering. Just, your hands start wandering. You might grab someone's belt. That's fine. What There's you can't do in that, that goes moment, around the internet of yeah. uh, basketball man <laughs> yeah, who reaches over. He's like trying to rub his knee because his knee hurts, <laughs> and yeah. he accidentally reaches over and grabs another basketball man's knee. Yeah. And the other basketball man's like, what are you doing? And <laughs> like, oh, God, sorry. I thought it was my knee. And that, yeah. that I think, is what's happening here. Yeah. And that's meme you know? of the week. And that's meme of the week. That's a segment. But I think what you can't do, and I think that basketball give a, is a good example. It, he then realizes what's happening and has, like, a funny reaction. But if he, in that moment, had said, fuck me, <laughs> it would have really changed. Okay. So not fuck me. Let's, let's reconsider yeah. that. Yeah. So the 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 tricky part about this is I don't know what's next. Yeah. So it's like I can't change the trajectory of the the narrative. Yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to drastically. Alter it's got to say something. Good serve. Or like, do you have a like a wet? And so like, let's consider our context is that yeah. he's trying to get this ice cream off his mouth. Right. So maybe it's like, do you have a wet nap in, in these in your in jeans your pocket? Jeans pocket. Okay. Like probably chinos. Cause they're All right. Moving. Alex shuts out his chin, grittingly defiant, then tell me to do it, sweetheart. And Henry, tonguing the corner of his own mouth, tugs hard to undo Alex's belt and says, do you have a wet nap? Yeah. That's Perfect. good. That's great. Well, and this is fine. Alex grunts. Mm -hmm. Well. I don't know. Or it's like, it's Tim the Toolman Taylor. It's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, uh. Alex grunts when at Wimbledon, and that's fine. Yeah, because you want to be in your your like press cleans. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In your press wipes. Henry laughs hoarsely. That's fine, and leans down to kiss him. That's fine. That's fine. It's a, a little thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the wet net. Open mouthed and eager. It's on the edge. It's on the edge. The eager is it on the It still could be like a gratitude thing. Yeah. He's moving fast, knowing they're on borrowed time. Quick to follow the lead when Alex groans. It's Wimbledon. It's Wimbledon. That he happens. just did a big tennis serve. Yep. And pulls at his shoulders to change their positions. He gets Henry's back to his chest. That doesn't... That gets Henry's back to his chest and trying to picture it. Heimlich? It's a Heimlich. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that's what you would do. And Henry's palms at this point are braced against the door, which I think you would also do if you're trying to help someone. Well, Henry's choking, right? He's yeah. Got it. He's like, oh, oh, what? you know, and, and <laughs> Alex is behind him with his yeah. chest to his back. Just so we're clear, Alex says, okay, and this is, uh, shall I say it? I guess I have to say it so we can. Yeah, we need to. I'm about to have sex with you in the storage closet despite your family. Okay, well, that poses a lot of. That's a lot and of And that to me is language. two things. I should say that's two things that I want to sanitize. The one is the, the sex thing, and the other is that's not great to spite someone's family. So, what do we want to do here? I'm about Just to. Just to be clear. Yeah. I'm about to. Yeah. Well, let's follow the let's follow the the trail we were on. I'm about to uh, inject you with an EpiPen, and I don't okay. know if your son has many allergies, but mine does. Food allergies, and when no. you have to when you inject someone with an EpiPen, you then have to call an ambulance. Okay. So, oh, so that could be for spite your family. So I'm about to inject you with an EpiPen in the storage closet, and then call an ambulance. And then I'll have to call an ambulance, and I know that that, you know, not everyone is ready for that because it can be expensive, especially in America. But they're not in America, are they? They're in England. What? Do, let me try a different direction. What do Chris yeah. and Cross say? Ju- uh, no, that's not jump. Warm it up, Chris. I'm about to. Jump, jump. Warm it up, Chris. That's what I was born to do. Jump, jump. Warm it up. Warm it up, I guess, is what they're about to do. I was just thinking about things that people are about to do. Yeah. I'm about to warm it up. And I think that, unfortunately, gets us back where we didn't really want to be. Sexy. Yeah. What could he be about to do in the basement of Wimbledon? Find a tennis racket. Well, they do find a tennis racket, an old one. (laughs) They do describe that. Maybe they fix the match. No, Jesus. No, because that's hard. bad too. Yeah. Um, all right, let's think about it's ice cream, it's Heimlich, tennis. I mean, you would just describe that. I'm about to. I'm about to exert pressure on your sternum. Yeah. If I do this, yeah, too hard, there's a chance that I may crack your sternum. Right. And I want to apologize in advance for this, but I am yeah. trying to save your life, and I'm doing it in order to please your family. Yes, and you. Perfect. That's great. Henry, who has apparently been carrying his travel-sized lube with him this entire time in his jacket, says, right, and tosses it over his shoulder. I think that's fine. Interesting. <laughs> Is that fine? Here's what I would have done were I Just because he doesn't want, he doesn't want, like... I would have lubed up the ice cream cone before I ate it. Help it get <laughs> down a little smoother, right? I, I assume that's why he carries it with him. That's why he's hat. So that's why he's got it with him. That's the context that we need. And I think th- he's throwing it over so that like he doesn't get like pressure burns from the Heimlich, or he doesn't want it to pop. You know, like he's yeah. got it in his. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. If you're squeezing me and I've got this lube, it's gonna pop in my and like breast everywhere. pocket. I don't want it yeah. to pop. So let's okay. let's clear this from the equation entirely. Um, okay, good. Awesome. Fucking love doing things out of spite. And I guess for, in this case, love doing things in order to please my family, he says, without a hint of sarcasm. And he kicks Henry's feet apart. Is that okay? I don't see any issue with that. Why would you do that? I don't know how to do the Heimlich. (laughs) I don't think you kick someone's feet apart. Is that part of it? (laughs) I don't think so. 
I don't know enough about the Heimlich, so I'm going to call it fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. And it should be it should be funny. It should be hot, stupid, ridiculous, obscene, another wild sexual adventure to add to the list. Obviously, yeah, that's not, not okay. Good. Yeah. It, it should be funny as fine. It should be safe, effective, life-saving, um, healthy, heroic, uh, heroic another uh, near brush with death. Yeah. Yep. To add to their list. And it is, but it shouldn't also feel like last time. Like Alex might die if it ever stops. Okay, so Alex was the one choking last time. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah. time, if you haven't read the book, last time it was Alex who was choking. He on was so, choking on so an ice yeah. cream cone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a laugh in his mouth, but it won't get past his tongue because he knows this is him helping Henry get through something. Fine. Good. We nailed get through it. Through an ice cream cone. That's yeah. the scene. Yeah, that's the whole scene. It's just a scene. It's a. It's a. It's lovely. Beautifully described. Two friends scene helping of- each other. Two friends, one of whom is choking on a bit of ice cream cone, and the other is giving him the Heimlich in a way that is friendly, charged. I would say, yeah, it's given not, the language, not yeah, yeah, but you know, perfectly utilitarian and nothing. Good, perfect. Okay, okay. let's take a quick break, and um, we did it. We 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 did it. We fucking did it. Babbler would be proudler. Yeah. And that's the name of the segment. It's not two prude dudes anymore. It's Bowdler would be proudly. Um, let's take a quick break, and uh, then we'll come back and discuss this scintillating novel a little bit more. Okay. Here, let me th- let me run this by you. We have, I think, very effectively uh, described what goes on between these two men in the boudoir in a way that's going to work for everybody. Yeah, the thing that made me most uncomfortable in this novel is that they're very open with their emotions with each other. Everyone is kind of open with their emotions across the board with one another. Yeah, including like the siblings, the mother, the yeah. like um, the senator who Alex like confides in. This is a mentor. Yeah, everyone is sort of open in a way that that made me more uncomfortable. If that's possible. Than the porking. Right. I liked it. It was sweet. And I will say, what, porking? it made me cry a number of times. I did. Okay. Did you cry in this novel? Did you cry no, in this novel? No, I, I didn't. Crying never even crossed my mind. It was such a, it's such a romp. It's so fun. Towards the end, I got a little weepy. I got a little weepy. I mean, with oh, joy. because you live in Texas. Because I live in Texas. That's, yeah, oh, that's a big I, okay. You know what, actually? And this is, we said we were going to stick to the politics. The, the politics of this novel, I, I want you to help me work this out. Texas, and this isn't a spoiler, but Texas is like, maybe blue, is like blue, blue adjacent. In IRL or in this book? In this book. Yeah. Like in this book, it's conceivable that Texas that could Alex's go blue mother in this book. was elected president in 2016. They're from Texas. Alex and his mother are from Texas. Casey McQuiston has decided that Mitch McConnell still exists. <laughs> yeah, there's some tricky So the 2016 election happened, but it wasn't Hillary v Donald. It was it was um Ellen Ellen v somebody. Like Richards or whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah, and she wins, and then that. So this is like the reelect. Yep, and it's all gonna come down to Texas. 
But Nevada's out of reach? What the Nevada's fuck? Nevada's out of reach, yeah. Nevada, the famously deep red state that's never a swing state in any election. But so what in God's good name is happening to the Latino vote <laughs> in this world? Even Nate Silver. Nate Silver is quoted in this. He can't make heads or tails of this dang election. No, he Nate's, Nate has no idea. Nate has no fucking idea. His projections? Yeah. He's throwing those in the trash. He's throwing them in the trash. Data is useless here. Yeah. Uh, this is not. This is a passion-based novel, uh, and we've done a good job, I think, of getting away from the emotions. It's very emotional. They do love each other very much, and they do fall, I think, very much in love, and that's something that's yeah, talked about a lot. And they, it's um, cute. And it, we've got to say it. It is cute. Alex does this very cute thing where, when he first meets Henry, and they're supposed to be pretending to be best friends. Yeah, he saves his number in his phone as HMS Prince Poopy Face. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And then at the end of the novel, when they're essentially, like, fucking and trucking and, like, yeah. going to be, like, down to trough for the rest of their lives. Yeah. His name is still HMS Poopy Face yeah. in his phone. That's and adorable. And I found that very endearing. It's lovely. Let's see. Let's bring up a few aspects of this novel that scared me. Okay, perfect. Yes. And should we do a just quick scare warning for folks? Scare warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me um, pull up the soundbite here. Yep. Scare warning. Scare warning. Prepare to piss your pants. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. So, folks, we've warned you. Uh, this is actually pretty scary stuff. Uh, I want to yeah, read you. And if you're pregnant, yeah. stop listening. If Yeah. Or if you need to pee, <laughs> stop listening. Yeah. I've actually got a lot of scary stuff. Okay. Let me start with this. Ready? Yeah. There's a bunch. Um, folks who are familiar with our uh, podcast about the Babysitter's Club, which is, I think, probably all listeners <laughs> currently, <laughs> will know that the Babysitter's Club uh, novels are, are deeply tied up with the Hellraiser universe. Yes. Uh, Clive Barker's what is, Hellraiser. Why is this relevant to this show? Let me read you this passage. They make out lazily for what could be ours on the settee. That's a kind of couch. If you're not from England, okay. you wouldn't know that. No. Alex wants to do it on the piano, but it's a priceless antique or whatever. Do what? Uh, I think more Heimlich. <laughs> okay. And then they stagger up to Henry's room, the palatial bed. Henry lets Alex take him apart with painstaking patience and precision. Yes, and that sounds like something that would happen. Moans the name of God so many times that the room feels consecrated. And which God? It pushes Henry over some kind of edge, melted and overwhelmed on the lush bedclothes. Right. And that's from uh, Hellraiser. It's, and it's from every Hellraiser movie and comic book. This this is straight out of Hellraiser. What did you say the first thing was? Uh, take him take him apart with painstaking patience. And that's and exactly precision. what happens when you solve the lament configuration. Yeah. The little hooks come out. They yeah. tear your they they rend your flesh from your bone. Yeah, you are kind of broken down into who you are as a core being. What was the second line? It pushes Henry over some kind of edge, melted and overwhelmed on the lush. Yep, and course. that'll happen yeah. to you. Sort of what you are in the real world manifests itself in a way that is physical on your body in a horrific way when you become a Cenobite. Yeah. So I guess Henry is into like melted, melting. I don't know. He's like yeah. fondue, ice cream. It's the ice cream again. It's the ice cream. Yeah. Fuck. He's like ice cream head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got three more scaries. 
three more? Yeah. Do we need to do another scare warning? I didn't get, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> scare warning. Scare warning. <laughs> Prepare to apparently really f- piss your pants. Yeah. Because Jack's got a lot of scares. Even if you thought you were done. Okay. Here's a second one. Ready? So this is uh, uh, at, at some point in the novel, um, Alex. So Alex uh, is unclear about his sexuality early on in the novel. He hasn't openly questioned it to himself. He thinks that he is a heterosexual male, I guess, if you were to ask him. But it turns out that in his past, he did uh, have uh, sexual experiments J-O. with a friend of his, a uh, male J-O-ing. friend of his, named Liam. Yeah, is that the yep. technical term? Thank you for introducing the technical term. And then he calls Liam up, uh, his old friend, when he's questioning what's going on. Look, man, Liam says, I don't know what kind of sexual crisis you're having right now. Like, four years after it would have been useful. But, well, I'm not saying what we did in high school makes you gay or bi or whatever. But I can tell you I'm gay. And that even though I acted like what we were doing wasn't gay back then, it super was. He sighs. Does that help, Alex? My Bloody Mary is here. And I need to talk to it about this phone call. Okay. So the implication there is, like, there's a couple of definitions for Bloody Mary. One is a drink. Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen that one. But, yeah, that's a possibility in this. Yeah. Tequila or vodka-based drink with tomato sauce. Yeah. Like some kind of tomato. Vodka, V8, probably. Uh, Celery sticks, pepper, a little bit of hot sauce. One time when we were... um, you and I used to work at a major media company that is mentioned in this book several times. Yeah. And we used to hang out at a bar in Soho in Manhattan called Botanica. And one time we were there at like maybe ten fifteen, and it was packed. And I went up to the bar and said, hey, can I get a Bloody Mary? And the bartender looked me in the eye and said, no. <laughs> That's very new. There was York. like a thousand people there, and everyone <laughs> no. wanted a drink. And I was like, "Make me a very specific, like, involved <laughs> no. drink." And he was just like, "No, no, no, you, man." Would you like a Blue Moon? <laughs> I was like, "I guess I'll take a Bit Burger." <laughs> but anyway, there's two definitions of Bloody Mary. There's the drink, and then there's the the. You say Mary, it in the, the mirror. Woman. You say it in the mirror three times, and I've never done the scary it. woman who pops out of your mirror and eats you up. Or something. And here's a true fact for, about me: I'm not superstitious. I don't believe in ghosts, and I think it's kind of dumb if you do. But I would not, even at the age that I am at, I would not go into my bathroom now in the dark and say Bloody Mary three times into the mirror. Just here's the thing, Jack. Yeah. You haven't seen my set my setup here. Yeah. But in front of me, yeah. behind you, yeah. I have some sound baffling, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But here on the ground, I have a uh maybe like a three by three foot mirror. <laughs> okay, so you could do it. Should I just do it right now? I'd rather you not. It, think when, about, does, think about your wife. I'm, sorry, 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 shut up. I'm looking at your setup now. Yeah. Behind you, I see some sound baffling. I oh, see I've got a, a big door. mirror. And what is this behind, underneath the clock behind you? That's a big mirror. Should we just do it? I think, listen, here's why I think we can't. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Here's why I think we can't. Don't you want to run that by everyone who lives in your house before you make that choice? Well, not everyone in my house did it. She would just come out of the mirror and kill me. Yeah, but that's something that affects your family. <sighs> my wife's in bed already. I can't text her. 
Yeah, my wife is also, I think, in bed. Or she's watching uh, Shadow and it. Bone on Netflix and does not want to be that sounds interrupted. Let's just do it. Go over to your mirror right now and turn off your lights. No, it's too scary. It's too scary. It's too scary what you're doing. What you're doing is too scary. Tanner's turn off the lights in his room. And he's looking down. He has a mirror on the fucking ground like a fucking chump. That's how you die. This is how you die. Don't go in there. Bloody Mary. <laughs> Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Ah! <laughs> this is the worst thing that ever happened on a podcast. Tanner did. This is like, the, honestly, the stupidest fucking shit that's ever happened on a podcast. Tanner fucking got eaten by Bloody Mary immediately. Literally immediately. So, I, you know, it's an audio medium. So what happened is Tanner said bloody, turn off the lights, said Bloody Mary three times into the uh, mirror. And then he got eaten by fucking Bloody Mary. I'm not eaten. Oh, you're not. Oh, you're back. He's back. Okay. I'm here. Okay. But? Has something changed? Oh, I think she comes at midnight. Okay. Well, that's like an hour and a half from now. I'll be in bed. Okay. Well, let's finish the show quickly. Um, I've got two more scaries. Okay. Um, Here's the thing that Alex discovers. Ready? Nothing happened, by the way. I'm in, like, I'm in the creepiest part of my house. Yeah. The, like, semi-finished basement. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty creepy to look at. I've got my little podcast studio over here. It's all, like, separated from the rest of the basement. Yeah. It's like a little little hole in a dank dungeon. I am in prime being attacked by a spirit. Bloody Mary is, lit, like, she's bored as hell, and that's where she is. Right. Yeah. I'm in prime being attacked by a spirit territory, and yeah. I am fine. Nothing happened. Okay. Well, it got Liam in this book. Yeah. Here's number three of four. Uh, this is when um, Alex and Henry go to sleep together. Okay. He discovers Henry sleeps curled up on his side, his spine poking out in little sharp points that are actually soft if you reach out and touch them very carefully so as not to wake him because he's actually sleeping for once. And it's a di- he's a dinosaur, isn't he? Or an alien. I think a stegosaurus or some, a stegosaurus or some kind of an alien. From alien. Can the, I ask you a question? You fuck around yeah. with Dinosaur Train? It's a good question. That's a real Do I question. fuck around with it? Yes. Do, do you fuck around with Dinosaur Does Train? Does Miles fuck around Does with Miles it? Does Miles fuck around with My Dinosaur Train? My two-year-old son? Yeah. No. What? Why not? not? exposed to it yet. Because then I have to get into a whole new ecosystem and a whole new brand world, and it's like, we're pretty engaged with Bluey right now, and Bluey's kind of our main thing. Listen, I don't show my child shows. <laughs> yeah. Like, we watch movies. We watch Disney, like, Disney movies from the 80s, mostly. Okay. Yeah. And Pixar. He mostly wants to watch Rescuers Down Under. That's, like, that's his... Hell of a film. Hell of a film. <laughs> that's, like, where he's happiest. Yep. But I lately, for the first time ever, outside of Sesame Street, introduced a show to him. I can't remember how it happened. And at first I didn't like it. It's Dinosaur Train. If you're not a, a parent, you won't know what this is. Uh, so I will explain it to you. The concept, it. it's a PBS show. The concept is like. Right on the tin. Yeah, it's right on the tin. These like pteranodons are like hanging out in like their world. But like the main thing they do for fun is they go to the train station and they get on a time traveling train and like travel to like different periods, like the Jurassic or the Cretaceous or whatever, and learn about different dinosaurs in those periods. And at first I was like, the animation is bad and I don't like it. Yeah. And now I'm like much like my child 
it, this fucking rules. Yeah, Jamie and I have a pretty um, honed aesthetic. Yeah, we don't do the bad animation. Shows. It looks bad. Yeah, we do Bluey, which looks beautiful. Yeah, and I think Cyril will probably like Bluey too. Yeah, no, I don't want to do too many shows. Anyway, there's I, a, there's also a show called Bob the Builder. Yeah, and there's a new version which sucks, but there's also an old version which is like fucking like uh, what's Wallace and Gromit style claymation. Yeah, and Miles will eat that shit up. He calls him Babadidu. Yeah, Babadidu. I recommend Dinosaur Train. Cyril's just like all dinosaur facts now. It's cute as hell. Miles and I spent um, literally an hour and a half at Barnes and Noble today just to kill some time. Yeah, and I was like, "You can pick one book and one toy." Yeah, and what he chose was two toys, which <coughs> is fine. When we were in the book section of the Barnes and Noble, he was gravitating towards a display that was all about dragons. Yeah, and I was like, "Is this a new thing? Are you going to like get into dragons? And and if you do, you'll probably have a uh, an ally." In- yeah. Cyril Shepard, and this is something you guys can connect uh, on. Hell yeah. But um, he eventually lost interest in the dragons and just wanted um, Duplos. Fair enough. This has been... Yeah, Tom. Um, I want to do one more scary. Yeah, you have one more. Before we go. Yeah. So early on in this novel, it, it like... So a thing we haven't talked about that is actually like a central part of this novel and that is actually is also very lovely is that Alex, the, uh, the f- what do they call him? Fasodas. Fasodas. Fasodas, yeah. The first son of the United States, the Fasodas, um, has a very close and lovely relationship with his sister and the daughter of the vice president. Is that right? Yes. His sister is named June, and yeah. he's very close with her. She Her whole thing is like, she hangs around Washington, even though yeah. she's like an important like New York media person. Yeah, because she's keeping an eye on Alex. Yeah, and Nora is the vice president's daughter, and Alex had and dated she her. She dated. Yeah, and liked to rile up the press with like sex, fake sex controversy. Yeah, and it's lovely. So a thing that happens is that June. The sister develops a fun, flirty relationship with Henry, the prince, before Alex kind of gets in there and and really takes it to the next level. And this is scary. He realizes that he shared June and Nora, too, when Henry remembers June's Secret Service codename is Bluebonnet or jokes about how eerie Nora's photographic memory is. It's weird, considering how fiercely protective Alex is of them, that he never even noticed until Henry's Twitter exchange with June about their mutual love of the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie goes viral. Wait, what? I didn't parse that. Yeah, you weren't paying attention, were you? No, I was. You just said it. You you said the the sentence in a bad way because you're a bad reader. It's weird considering how fiercely protective Alex is of them that he never even noticed until Henry's Twitter exchange with June about their mutual love of the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie goes viral. Tanner. Okay. Yeah. The 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie. Is that um with Kira Knightley? Kira Knightley. Yeah. That movie fucking sucks. Wait, really? I saw it and I think I liked it. That's a bad opinion to have. Okay. Tell me why. 
Because the only Kira Knightley's in, or uh, um, Carrie Mulligan's in it. Don't do this. To uh, me. A woman that I at least think of as a attractive young. The woman. only realistic opinion to have about a Pride Tom and Prejudice Hollander's movie. It? It's a fucking Tanner, banger cast. I'm telling Look you something. Kira Knightley. No. Matthew McFadden, no. who I don't no. know who that is, but I do remember him. He no. plays Mr. Fitzwallis. He's very good. No. The Rosamund Pike. Listen. Listen. Carrie Mulligan, Donald Sutherland, you Tom Hollander. Listen. Judy Dench, she's a fucking dame. Colin Firth. Okay. Let's say your fucking piece, but you're wrong about this. There is one Pride and Prejudice adaptation. Is it the um It is a BBC adaptation with Colin Firth and Jennifer is it Ely. The one, wait, which is the one that Ang Lee directed? No, that's Sense and Sensibility. That's and that's a fantastic okay. film. Okay. If you want to experience Pride and Prejudice on the big screen, don't go to Kira Knightley. And it's embar- And I love this novel, and I okay, fucking you know, hate to take Casey McQuiston to task. Sure. Okay. I hate to. I hate to take her to task. But there is only one realistic place to go if you want to scratch the Pride and Prejudice. And we did do a scare warning, right? Yeah. If you want to scratch that particular itch. And it's BBC, and it's Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely. Why does that require scare warning? Because it's scary to think that somebody would think that the fucking oh, okay. Kira Knightley fucking yeah, yeah. 2005 Pride and Prejudice yep. is the fucking way to go. There was also a, um adaptation of Pride and Prejudice called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And yeah. I thought maybe thought that's where you were going, because that is scary. That is zombies. scary. We don't have time to talk about it. We got to do our nope. burns, and then we got to go. Okay, yeah, burns. Uh, we like to do Burns of the Week, and it's our... <gasps> and there's burn, a bunch of Burns in this book. It's a very funny book. Very funny book. You want to tell me what made you laugh? What made you, what made you feel like a, a sick burn had been... Initiated and executed. Burn is on us. Okay. The podcast that covers what's going on in Washington uses Bills, Bills, Bills <laughs> by Destiny's Child as intro music. That's funny. It's There's a podcast in yeah. this novel that is about Washington politics. It's very fun. It's very engaging. It's called Bills, 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 and it uses Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child as its intro tune and the burns on us for being so fucking obvious and stupid and podcasting sucks and podcasters are so dumb this is casey mcquiston saw deep into our soul yeah casey mcquiston saw deep into our soul for this particular novel she quotes a number of buzzfeed headlines about well, the burgeoning is that affair part of the new show that i could have written <laughs> yeah were were Jack and I to ever work at BuzzFeed? Yeah, if and nobody are, knows whether we did or didn't. Yeah, yeah. These are the sorts of headlines we could have and would have written. And then she also burns podcasters. Burns a couple podcasts just pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty burn heavy book. I just I was particularly drawn to the ones that are were, were aimed at me specifically. Yeah. No, I had a I had some burns that were aimed at me. I want to do one just to kind of give a flavor of the uh, novel. Yeah. Um, this is when, um, a- after Henry and Alex have, um, begun a relationship and then they, this, Henry gets nervous for, f- I think, totally realistic and reasonable 
reasons, which is that he's the fucking second in line to the throne and he's in a gay relationship with the president's son. Yeah. <laughs> and he's worried about the PR implications. Uh, so he kind of he ghosts Alex and the following thing happens. Henry, who led the way in, hasn't even stopped to speak to him. And all Alex can do is follow him up the grand staircase toward his rooms. Really nice, Alex yells after him, dripping as aggressively as he can manage along the way. He hopes he ruins a rug. Fucking ghost me for a week? Make me stand in the rain like a brown John Cusack? And now you won't even talk to me? I'm really just having a great time here. I can see why all of y'all had to marry your fucking cousins. Yeah, that's a, also a burn on you. It's not Being every British person. Brit. I'm I'm led to believe that most British people are having sex with their cousins, and there's a lot of inbreeding. And that's what you've that's pure. what you've taken from it. Yeah, I've learned that from a game called Resident Evil Four. Yeah, uh, there's it's just there's a lot of that happening. Yeah, in no, Europe fair enough. And in, in England, so and not to not to generalize about our european listeners but um really take a look at your family tree those are a lot of okay branches growing into one another yeah sorry go ahead listen yep that's our burns um we're gonna leave i want to briefly i guess let's end with a question uh they do describe perfect a yeah. mo- a mon- scary this monster. Is, and the Jack Jack is formerly a community manager, so he yeah. knows how to build a community. He knows how to engage yeah. a community. Asking questions, engaging yeah. people on that level, that's the oldest That's how you do book. it. Yeah. Yep. Here's a question that I was inspired to ask about this novel, and I guess it's also kind of scary, but a, a scary thing happens, and here's my question. Alex takes an unsteady step backward. People are going to be coming in here soon, Alex says reaching down and trying not to fall on his face as he scoops up the candelabra and shoves it back onto the table. Henry is standing now looking wobbly, his shirt untucked and his hair a mess. Alex reaches up in a panic and starts patting it back into place. Fuck, you look... Fuck. Henry fumbles with his shirt tail, eyes wide, and starts humming God Save the Queen under his breath. What are you doing? Christ! I should do this in a British accent. Christ! I, I'm trying to make it. He gestures inelegantly at the front of his pants. Go away. Yeah. Alex very pointedly does not look down. And what is he trying to make it go away? Well, that's a good question. Bloody Mary, I think. Mention Bloody Mary is probably a good option. She's probably giving him a blowjob because there's lots of blowjobs in this book. There's lots of blowjobs in this book, and let's not beat around the bush here because there's and you know we we we're trying to shield you from some of the sexier stuff that happens, but there's just a a a, a surprising a lot of blowjobs amount of blowjobs yeah. that happen in this book. Yeah, so he could be getting a blowjob from Bloody Mary, and, yeah. she, and he's like, "Let's get out of here." Yeah, Bloody Mary, thank you, but like yeah. we need you to leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a mention of a candelabra, so like maybe his dick's on fire. I don't know. That could happen. That does happen. It happens. Yeah, more than you all would think. the time in this household. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, you know what I used to think about when I was a young man, and you felt like you needed to make it go away, make Bloody Mary go away. Yep. I'm yeah. I'm curious to hear what you think about what you thought about as like a. Maybe I'm not gonna. I'm gonna 13. tell you now that I'm not gonna answer it. But I'd I love need to you to answer it, Jack. I need you to answer it. I will tell you this is God's honest truth. Yeah. 
when I had a boner in class or on the bus mm-hmm. and I needed it to go away, I would think about Jesus H. Christ <laughs> driving NASCAR. <laughs> that was the least sexy thought I could have. I was like, what if Jesus were a NASCAR driver? Like, what would that be like? And I would really, like, dive into it. I would, like, really do that thought experiment. Like, yeah. What would Jesus be like as a NASCAR driver? And it would make my boners go away immediately when I was 13. The thing I like about it is that it's immediately compelling. Mm-hmm. Where it's like... You want to think about that. Like, there are a few questions you want to ask. Like, is Jesus going to take a pit stop with three laps to go to get a pound of air in the front left tire? Right. You know, Who like, is sponsors? he, he going to take that kind of risk? Who are the sponsors in that car? What about this? Like, is Jesus going to, like, from a moral perspective, is he going to get into the back of someone and, like, maybe make them spin out? Pretty sure the Bible has some pretty aggressive language around getting in the back of someone. Is Jesus, like, does he have the competitive spirit that it takes? Like, let's say he's got a rocket ship for a fucking car. Yeah. And his, like... Pit strategy is perfect, and he's like, there's a caution lap, and he comes out, like, fucking five laps to go, he comes out in the front. Like Jesus is a generous guy, though. Is, like, he, is gonna he gonna feel gonna... like he needs to slow down? And, and you also let, have teammates like, to consider. The Coors Light Dodge number 40 go past because he hasn't had a win in a while? I don't know much about NASCAR, but I know that they work in teams, right? There's, like, three guys out there who are all on the same, like, team, right? Well, you got, like, Roush Racing. You got here's what, here's uh, what I'm, DEI, here's what I'm noticing. obviously. Here's what I'm noticing, Jack. Yeah. Is, is it a restrictor? Well, hang on. Is this a restrictor plate race? That's something I need to know. Is this a restrictor plate you're race? You're engaging with this on a deeper level than anyone asked for or anyone required because you don't want to describe the thing that you thought about <laughs> when you didn't want to have a boner but you are uh, going to have to unfortunately that's all the time we have for today you are i would like have to, to thank admit it, Jack. everybody for bearing with us i would like to thank you for bearing with me i need to know so very much it's been a I wonderful i need to know what you thought about when you had a boner when you were episode. 13 tell me please was it the queen <laughs> it's not the queen that's that's going to make it worse <laughs> that would have the opposite <laughs> Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for Jack, today. you have to tell me. You have to tell the listeners what you <laughs> thought of when you had a boner when you were 13. You have to tell us. What was it? I don't know, man. Make something up. It's just, or just be truthful. I told you the honest truth. You know what it is? Here, what it, I'll tell you. Ready? Yeah. And pe- people are going to fucking hate this. A lot of people are going to hate this. But okay. just understand that it's from a different time. Okay. Okay? This is from a different time. Okay. It's... They used to do it differently. Sex? No, this particular thing. Okay. Ready? Yep. Mensa, Mensa, Mensam, Mensai, Mensai, Mensa, Mensai, Mensai, Mensas, Mensar, Mensis, Mensis. What does that mean? Table, 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 table. But it's all the different cases in Latin. And the people who know Latin will know that the way that I'm doing it is nominative, accusative, genitive, Dative, ablative. Right. Well, and then voca- nominative, vocative. And, and vocative, but, right. But that's the way I was, that that's most people teach too. Latin, especially in the U.S., is that they would do nominative, genitive, dative, ablative. And then, and then, and yeah, it, so and that vocative. sounds like nonsense. Right. But for, for me, it's, it's from a different time. It's from a different time. And I didn't want to yeah. have to admit it. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have to, for today. I would like to thank you very much, Tanner, for bearing with me. You're welcome. I would like to thank the Baby Nation specifically 
for bearing with us. Anymore. No, I know, but I would like to thank the Baby Nation for continuing to listen to our show. We love you so very much, and we and do we will generate, very much indeed. And <laughs> it needs to come organically. We will yeah. generate a new name for our listeners yeah. for this new show that we have, Strange Bedfellows. Maybe yeah. they're called like the Voyeurs. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for continuing to listen to our Because they're watching us have sex with romance novels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's like. It's not It's not comfortable. I mean, it, no. can, it can be comfortable. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you get there, you know. But it's a little bit weird. Uh, please do remember to su- subscribe to our Patreon. Listen, if you liked... Specific, the thing that you liked about what we're doing is that we read uh, books for uh, young younger readers in the 90s. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. Yeah, we're still doing that there. We're still doing that out there. Um, I think the plan is to to just do young reader series. Saddle Club? Uh, regardless of the author or the yeah. canon that they're attached to. Sweet Valley Twins or something, something in that world. Maybe Nancy Drew? We're going to have some fun with that. Now's a great time to check that out. It's only $5 a month. It helps us support our show, and it's also good, and it's good. Um, and it's patreon.com slash podcast. Please buy our merch, uh, bit.ly slash merch. A bunch of people asked if we were going to have uh, more Stony Brook Boys basketball shirts available, yes. and, and so I had them order some more. So now go get those. They're good while they're still if available. If you're... Whether or not you are new, a new listener to this show or an old listener who followed us from the Babysitter's Club Club, the most important thing you can do to help us is rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. It really means the world to us. It's the number one metric for making our show a success. So if you like our new romance, literary romance podcast, Strange Bedfellows, or you just want, wish us a lot of success and you're an old listener from babysitters club club please do go rate and review the show on apple podcasts and share it with a friend it means the world to us and finally join our facebook group it's uh, it's called baby nation and, and it's the nicest in- place and that's not gonna a relevant name but it's not gonna change we're not gonna change it yeah it's because it's all wonderful lovely people and we love them all and everyone's nice and it's the nicest place on the internet so you must yep. go there all that remains is for me to say that this week we did read a novel. It was called Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Tanner and I had a conversation during the break where we felt like it, it was very important that we tell you what we're reading next week so that for folks who want to read along, they can do it. Yeah. Um, and, but we couldn't settle on the thing. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to – while I'm editing this episode, I'm going to fucking – through audio magic, insert my own voice, and it's going to tell you what that book is. And it's going to be crazy. Howdy, listeners. It's Jack here, editing the episode in the future. Before revealing the next book, I'd like to say a big thank you to Jack and Tanner from the past for assigning me this task. As I'm sure you both know, there's nothing I love more than displacing the tiny, adorable sleeping kitten from my lap to go find my recording equipment and do a bunch of audio pickups just when I thought I was getting the last little goddamn bit of an edit finished. So, again, thanks for thinking of me, always very happy to oblige. 
Finally, the next book we're reading is The Worst Best Man, by Mia Sosa. Following that, we'll be reading Scandal and Scoundrel, Book 1, The Rogue Not Taken, by Sarah McLean. And after that we'll be reading Reluctant Royals, Book 1, A Princess in Theory, by Alyssa Cole. Please try to do just the absolute barest fucking minimum of planning in advance next time, boys. And for the rest of you, happy reading. Wow, you you amaze me in new ways every day, Jack. I didn't know you were capable of that kind of audio wizardry. Yeah, and now oh. and that just actually already happened. It just happened. Wow, wow. <laughs> isn't that nuts? What I can't wait to listen to. And now you're gonna have to imitate my voice. No, I'm not gonna say do it that. again. No, I'm absolutely not gonna do any of that. What is in fact gonna happen is that I'm gonna say who I am. My name this week has been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Um, we don't have a sign-off. Not yet, but we'll find our way there. In the meantime, Claudia's wearing a bra down the way she talks. You would think the boys had just no, been... You can't say that anymore. Okay. Well, uh, you need to find a new sign-off. We're going to find a sign-off, uh, but in in the absence of that, what you we will say it, is you? thank you for listening to our show, and goodbye. Yes, thank you. Yes, goodbye. We might be childhood <laughs> friends, and I might drive you around the bend, but I'm sure it's crazy kids to work it out in the end. Nevada, Nevada's off the fucking table. Yeah. Do you say Nevada Alex, or Nevada? I don't know. Nevada is what I say, but I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine with Nevada. And if that's the journey you want to take, <laughs> on that, I'll go on that journey with you. Yeah. Thank you. Be very.